the benefit that I get, mm-hmm. I get to bring people home. Like, I can tell you so many stories of so many times when I unite families or I keep someone from getting evicted, help someone keep a job. Um, Welcome to Off the Top, where Black excellence dwells. Today, today, today is a good day because we will be dropping and gathering knowledge. We have the pleasure, the honor of having Miss Courtney Walker on. Her profession, hold tight for this one, bail disruptor and client advocate. And when I say bail, I mean B-A-I-L, disruptor. Yes, let that sink in for a minute. Mm-hmm. She is literally fighting systemic racism at the grassroots level, placing herself between families, community, and mass incarceration. Let's take a moment to listen, learn, and connect. Okay, so thank you very much for joining us for another episode career profiles with Ebony Tree Council, where we try to highlight uh, outstanding uh, Black professionals. So give our kids something to really aspire for in the future. And today, I have the extreme pleasure of interviewing Miss Courtney Walker. She is a bail disruptor and client advocate for an organization called Bail Project. How are you doing today, Miss Courtney? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Thank you, Chris. I'm going to enjoy this. It's going to be really cool. A lot of interesting things uh, going on with your organization. So if you would take a moment, please just kind of introduce yourself and talk about where you're working. Okay. So my name is Courtney Walker, and I am a bail disruptor in the Augusta, Georgia area. Um, The Bell Project, we are a nonprofit organization who pay bails for free for those underprivileged individuals. And uh, we keep in contact with our clients. We connect them to resources. And then once they get back to court, they'll have something to show to the judge. And then we get the money back. And then we take that same money, we put it back in the pot, and then we're able to recycle it over and over again. And I'm a bail disruptor because I'm disrupting the system of bail to try to break it down so we can put better programs in place instead of cash bail. That's very interesting and and something that seems like it might be very important to our community because we have a lot of folks that get caught into the justice system, particularly on the bail cycle side, that really need some support sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's another thing, too. I feel like um, a lot of people, when they think of like, they think of mass incarceration, but they don't think of the bail part of it. Like literally bail is like the first step to the door of oppression when it comes to mass incarceration because like you're accused of a crime but you have to pay this fee to get out to fight your case from home and if you don't have that money you sit there and you sit there until your court date and then you can sit there for like months and then get acquitted for the charge and then when you get out you lose everything like people literally start from ground zero due to the bail system yeah it affects your employment opportunities 
all kinds of things. And that's part of that institutional racism that pop people tend to overlook or ignore. But it's a very important part of, you know, how we correct the uh, mass incarceration that we have going on in the United States. <clears throat> so, Ms. Courtney, um, what type of uh, experience or schooling did you have to prepare you for working at the Bell Project? Um, it's a combination of life mm -hmm. and going to college, to be honest with you. Like, growing up, like, I grew up, you know, with, you know, with my people. And, mm -hmm. you know, we dealt with things as, you know, a community and stuff like that. So as I grew up, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to be a nurse. I actually almost flunked out of college because I was trying so hard to be that nurse that I wanted to be. But I ended up trying to take a class in criminal justice and then I fell in love. And then my grade shot up and everything was just made right. And then um, I was able to finally put a name to the stuff that I had experienced as a child. You know, when they say like food insecurity, I was like, that's another day in the hood. You know, <laughs> like we actually put like scientific <laughs> names on stuff and then through that time I was like coming up with solutions that could have helped my community and the resources that need to be there so the Bell Project kind of just aligned with that because like when I was in college I wrote papers about mass incarcerations issues with black women police brutality like I've always had a passion for this type of job so when this job came up it was just it just everything just led right it was just I'm here for a reason and this is this this is my serving my purpose that that's amazing there and I like what you said the passion to purpose is what I heard but you also said something that was very important that I think that our our kids need to hear is that uh, we don't often know what it is we want to do coming out of the gates was part of life experiences kind of influence passions that you want to do things in your neighborhood and being able to work in a field that allows you to correct some of the issues that you saw in your neighborhood, we think is very important for young kids to always have that focus in the back of their mind, not to abandon where they came from, but figure out how to make themselves better so they can make the community better. So I really appreciate you bringing that out. That's pretty awesome there. Because mm -hmm. I tell people, I, you know, I, I used to keep that a secret, like I almost flunked out of college, but I wear it as proud because like I was trying so hard to be that nurse, but that that wasn't what I was meant to do. Like I thought I was going to be a nurse. I thought I was going to be at the hospital. And I'm like, no, girl, you're going to be on the streets like a mini activist fighting for change. Yes. And I'll take yes. that. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. And, and that's important for people to hear, too, because you may not go down the path that's originally intended for you because you know, we our environment influences our choices and decisions and it may have been somebody in our background that said you should be this or you should be that and when kids graduate high school they grab onto that and end up being frustrated sometimes with their choices and their career choices and that's when you know real life takes place and you start to try to redirect your path to what's really important to you so if that's not uncommon for people to switch career focus majors in college at least uh, two to three times from what I understand yeah like it's okay to change and change your mind and try something different mm -hmm. so uh, Miss Courtney what's the work culture like at uh, Bale Project um the work culture um 
basically I wake up and I'll be like, oh, I'm doing this, this, this today. And then I don't end up doing most of that stuff. Like, <laughs> cause it's like, you just never know where you're needed. Like my day entails of like waking up. Um, I go to the jail, like I go to the jail to interview clients, interview my clients and stuff like that. And I talk to their lawyers, the PDs, look at their history, look at their needs and stuff like that. And to make an assessment on like if we can help them or not. And then once we do that, once we post the bell and stuff like that, I go to court with my clients. So I am in court and I do sometimes have to speak to the judge. So the culture is like laid back because, you know, I add the compassion Mm -hmm. to the you know I add compassion back to the system that's trying to mainly punish people right I'm the mom the sister the counselor (laughs) it's very laid back you know I come to court you know dressed up but I'm the mom I make sure that they're okay and you know my presence there makes them comfortable the judge see that we're there so they're like oh the bail project is watching over this person let me pay attention to this client so it gives a little bit of a credibility to the client in the courtroom that's yeah, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. So I heard you say some really important uh, characteristics and attributes for working in your field there, but I'm going to ask instead, you know, what characteristics do you present that make you effective at your job? Um, I feel like within the last two years of me doing this job, I realized that this job is, I'll say... 75% strategic organization and then the 25% heart. The reason why I say that is because I have the heart, but I also have to be mindful of the work that I do. Does that make sense? It absolutely makes sense. Because like I have the heart for my people, but I also have to make sure because because, you know, the goal of my organization is to prove a point mm-hmm. that we don't need cash bail. And therefore, I have to make sure that I'm doing things the proper way while taking care of my clients. So you have to be organized, strategic, um, creative. You have to be very creative, like figuring out ways to get to clients. You have to figure out ways to help people and just just creativity and strategic and, you know, organized. That's like the main things that I use like every single day. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. So strategic, organized, creative, and a heart. And I also heard effective communicator because you're advocating for clients. That's got to be pretty important as well. Um, Was there anything else that you want to add to that? I don't know. That's about it. Because that's honestly like what I use like every single day, the characteristics of my job that, you know, requires my job and stuff like that. And, you know, I have my other coworkers, you know, I have Mm -hmm. the strong hand you know, and everything else, but that's what I bring to the table. Mm. One thing that always interests me that we're kind of curious about at Ebony Tree Council is what's the ratio of uh, African-American people that take on a a social role like what you're doing in kind of criminal justice or social activism type of thing as a profession? Um, To be honest with you, we do have a lot of black people in our organization, but wonderful. We do, we do. And most of my coworkers are like activists. Like you know, a lot of my um coworkers are like formerly incarcerated individuals who turned their life around, who whole work is whole life is this type of work. So there's a lot of people of color, even Hispanic, Latinos, 
um, Asian, you have even had Asian people in our organization doing this type of work. So I say it's a good amount of Black people. Actually, my Atlanta crew, mm-hmm. pre- we're pretty close, the Atlanta team. And they're all strong. We're all strong Black women. <laughs> love it, love it. And we definitely need more strong Black women uh, helping us to get our communities back in order and, and get us moving forward. Because it takes everyone concentrating their effort in the area to make us help us move forward. So what is it that you receive from the benefit of you know helping other people in your career for what what does it do for you? Um what does it do for me? The benefit that I get? Mm-hmm. I get to bring people home. Like I can tell you so many stories of so many times when I unite families or I keep someone from getting evicted, help someone keep a job. Um, just last week, I united a, a mom got arrested like right after she have her, had her baby. Mm-hmm. So she hadn't seen her baby in like three months. So I got to bail her out and she got to go home and, she, you know, the newborn baby, she hasn't seen that baby in three months. So I, you know, just to see that part, because, you know, I feel like with the court system, they just see the charge. They see the charge. They, they don't really see the human element of that and I get to see that and I get to showcase that and you know that makes me feel good because like I say I see how hard it is for people out here and to be a part of to make that different or make that change to make that connection that's that's the benefit that I get out of it because you know I'm doing what you know I'm put on this earth to do I serve my purpose and you know this is my passion is to help people and get people off my you know, off their feet and show people that, you know, there's another way. There's a, there's other options. And, you know, that just, that's, I get to bring people home. <laughs> your, your passion for it just comes through so clearly and so truly appreciated. And one of the things that I wrote down that you said that was, you know, really profound to me was that you get a chance to highlight the human side of the criminal justice systems and connect families. And, and that is, is so important that we never lose sight of, you know, these are people, real people with real problems, making tough decisions that not everybody's equipped to make sometimes and mistakes happen. But we have a, be a community of second chance more so than what the justice system allows, mm-hmm. especially for people of color. Because, like, um, a lot of things, people don't realize, like, how easy it is to get caught up in the system, you know, like, it's amazing to me, like, with me doing this two years, like, a fi- a credit card finance charge, you know, you can, you know, it's like, you know, a, you know, it's easy to get a DUI, like, people don't realize how quickly you can get caught up and that one moment can just really tear a part of part of person's life. Yeah. That's interesting. And that's one of the things at ETC that we really want to focus on with our young people is the ability to make choices and decisions that's right for their lives, as opposed to what's popular, as opposed to what's convenient or easy, you know. Mm-hmm. And because, like you said, one innocent choice could change the trajectory of the rest of your life. Yes. And sometimes it can be difficult to get back to who you are when you make those choices. So 
it's such a blessing to have organizations like Bell Project there to help us get that second opportunity at life. That's wonderful. So I'm going to ask right now, and I'll let you decide. Okay. Um, but if you had to talk to either your 15-year-old self or your 22-year-old self, pick one of those ages, and what would you tell that person? Um, I would tell her the motto that I told myself in college that pushed me forward. Mm -hmm. Like, I wish I had that. Um, mm -hmm. I wish I had that, had known this before mm -hmm. I went to college, like maybe high school. Keep moving forward. Just no matter what, that's something that I always tell my clients, like no matter what, like if you didn't get that call back from that job, that's okay. Keep moving forward. This didn't happen for you. You didn't get that application for that housing. That's okay. Keep moving forward. And that's something that I internalize even to this day is just to keep moving forward. Because when you look back, you look at how far you come and then you're not even in the same position that you were a couple of weeks ago or a month ago or years ago, you know? And it's just a beautiful thing. And that's the main thing that I would tell myself to have heart and to have compassion for myself and give myself grace because I feel like I'm my own worst critic. And I feel like even to this day, I punish myself in a sense of being hard on myself. But I wish I could have told myself 15 years ago or, you know, that to be gentle with yourself and to give yourself grace. Wow, such profound wisdom. How old did you say you were? Well, 28. <laughs> 28. Such profound wisdom, and I love it. I love it. To keep moving forward and give yourself grace. I really like both of those. I'm going to jump on this keep moving forward right quick because one of the things that some people struggle with is if they it's either all or nothing sometimes. And when you look at life as a big all or nothing, small setbacks will affect you dramatically. Whereas in most cases, for many of us, it's the small incremental process forward that allows you to, like you said, look back and see the progress that you've made. I call it the compounding effect because you, small investments in your growth and progression pays dividends down the line. And you really don't realize it when you're doing it, but when you get down the line and you see where you've come from, you can appreciate and give yourself encouragement to keep going forward again. And uh, many, many people, uh, myself included, struggle with, you know, giving ourselves grace. You know, it comes from the environment. It comes from, you know, being wrapped around our own thoughts. And that's one of the things that we want to focus on, too, is, you know, teaching people to love themselves, respect themselves, mind, body, and spirit, and be gentle. I love that. And I wrote that down, Courtney's phrase, be gentle with yourself. Yeah. So that's going to go in the books right there, Courtney's Frakes. Be gentle with yourself. I love it. Because like, I know I, when I meet my clients, like I have to tell them to be gentle with yourself. Like, you know, you're being punished. So be gentle with yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. Give yourself grace. Mm -hmm. And that's just something that I tell all my clients and, you know, keep moving forward and give yourself grace. Just forgive yourself and keep moving. Okay. That's amazing. So we're getting ready to come around to one or two lightning questions here. Okay. And um, what we try to do is just give you the platform to you know, say some things mm -hmm. for the young people. And just to, if you want to be a little bit open and transparent, 
So what I would ask is, let's assume that it's five years from now and you've achieved all the goals that you set for yourself. You're sitting on top of the world in that position right there. So what did you let go of and what did you embrace in order to achieve your success five years from now? What did I let go of and what did I achieve? And what did you embrace? And what did I embrace? Um, I let go of failure and regret because like sometimes we're scared to try things due to the fear of failing. But then if you try it and you fail, at least you tried it. You won't have the regret of always wondering what would have happened if you had to try that thing. And that's something that I've been doing lately. It's just like jumping, like even doing this podcast. It's like, let's, let's just do it. Let's go for it. Like, that's just been like my whole attitude. Like if I fail, if I stumble, if I say something wrong, then, you know, take it, take it as a lesson and keep going. Just keep trying as many things as you can and be as versatile as you can. And try to just like, I honestly say, be a jack of all trades, just be flexible. Cause like my job requires me to be flexible. So I apply that same logic to my life and stuff like that. So I would let go of regret. And I like to say, um, what I would embrace is, well, if I let go of regret, what would I embrace? I feel like, I know it sounds crazy, but I feel like I would embrace myself because like, if I let go of the regret, that was what was holding me back. I would embrace myself because I would finally be the woman who I've always knew that I could be and that I can show off to the world and be happy with myself and do, you know, I'll just be happy with it. I would embrace me. And I know that sounds selfish, but (laughs) I feel like that's another word that needs to be changed. Like, I feel like it's okay to be selfish because I'm no good to nobody else if I don't take care of myself. Man, that's such profound wisdom again. And you know what? We actually have a saying here that uh, lift yourself before you lift others. Right. So in order to be the best you can for other people, you've got to take care of yourself and lift yourself and nurture yourself, get comfortable with yourself, and then you can serve. So there's nothing selfish about that, you know, because the other, the other side of that is, you know, burnout, frustration, all the things that will start to hold you back again. You got to protect your margins and your boundaries. Beautiful. Okay. Last question. And we're going to close the interview with this. And so I would like to give you a few moments to say what you think is important for the young people to hear out there as they journey forward what i think is important for young people to hear one of my favorite singers dropped an album on friday mm-hmm. her name is nato and she dropped this album called and then life was beautiful and when i listened to that song it made me realize how beautiful life was. And what I want young people to know, no matter what your circumstances, no matter what you're going through, always take that moment, that step, that pause to reflect in yourself and to reflect in yourself 
and internalize that moment of who you are and bring that to the forefront. Because life is beautiful, like no matter what you're going through, it gets better. As long as you take those moments, those deep breaths, you'll be able to continue to move forward. You'll be able to give yourself grace. You'll be able to let go of the regret. And like I say, like, you'll see like the beauty in yourself and what you do. And um, that's like the main thing I got. Cause you know, I think about my life and you know, and what I've been through of, you know, I lost my mom when I was eight and losing my dad. That was a very, very low blow to me. Those are like some of the most darkest moments of my life, but through all the pushing myself forward and overcoming that, I still found a reason to smile. I still found a reason to serve. I still, still, life is still beautiful. Life is still beautiful to me. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Courtney Walker, client advocate and supreme bell disruptor from the Bell Project. It has been such a treat to talk to you today. I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing with us all the wisdom that you have and things that were very, very important for young people to hear. So I really thank you for that moment, okay? Thank you for having me and I hope that um my message helps someone because like I just really hope that I could reach you know anybody to hear this like you know keep going keep moving forward give yourself grace dust yourself off try again and just remember life is beautiful even in those moments just look to yourself because you are beautiful there it is yes and speaking of which you know part of the program what we're doing with the profile is that hopefully some young person will be inspired by your message and be tempted to reach out to you and ask a few more questions okay i'm down for that (laughs) you have a wonderful and amazing and blessed day okay okay you too all right okay okay nice work miss courtney walker yes thank you yes indeed we are humbled um, you were willing to share what we see as such a, a, a beautiful and untapped resource, mm-hmm. um, a bail disruptor. I had no idea such a profession existed. So I just want to say thank you. Um, I appreciate that. And yeah, you challenged me on research. <laughs> yeah, that bell disruptor sounds kind of cutting edge. Yeah. Really like the fresh perspective. So what were the uh, highlights of the interview for you? Uh, the highlights of Miss Walker's interview was um, be gentle with yourself. Be gentle with yourself yes. um, because we can sometimes be our worst enemy. It is not without various things that create that space, but that's not to say it's something that we should gravitate and hold on to. And then I think the second thing that really impacted me was, and it ties into this, let go of past failures and regrets. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Yeah, that was huge for me because again, we can be our worst critic. Um, holding on to things that we can't change present day. So what about you? Oh, yes. For me, there were a couple of uh, nuggets in there. I'll just take a moment to highlight two of them. The first one was, 
identifying the bail system as the first step into the door of uh, mass incarceration. And it's very important for folks to understand, if you don't already know, that, you know, this institution of racism has been in place for several hundred years. And to have an organization that's bold enough to confront Yes, that, for the bold. Exactly. To confront <laughs> that and take on and have success is, is huge for me. And in the same moment, you know, the human side of that was Courtney saying she gets to bring people home. Yes. And that was yes. powerful to me. Yes. Was yes. there anything else? No, that when when you just you brought that back to me, yeah, when she said, you know, literally she reconnects families. You know, that's just simple grassroots advocacy work. Yes. Powerful. Yes, making huge impacts. So let's get into the numbers. Okay. <clears throat> let's get into the numbers. Um, the closest thing that I could come to for bail disruptor uh, was a court-appointed advocate mm-hmm. um, in that they have a section where they advocate for court proceedings. And that was as close as we could get to it. So in that field, it's only 11.9 of us that work in that field, African-Americans working in the field to advocate for court to be and do better by us. I thought that was profound. Uh, The other thing I found profound in the research uh, real quickly was Out of the 18.2% that advocate for court processing and proceedings, um, so much of, I think, that number could be reduced if we could just reduce the number of advocates required for child abuse, uh, for social work, for mental health, um, for protective services. These are huge numbers that I really believe could be impacted. if we reduce those, it could impact the 18.2. Wow, that's interesting. That's very interesting. Um, And so now, the average salary is 44.8K. There is a 13% upgrowth in this profession over the next 10 years. Currently, there are 23,000 plus of these positions open. So... Let's keep in mind when we're we're talking these numbers, how this all intersects with our community as well. Right. Um, because again, we tend to unfortunately be before uh, a judge in the court system or inside the court system. So we need to have people who look like us, who can truly advocate from us from the other side as well as for what Courtney does. Right. And I wanted to go back to a point you made earlier about reducing the broad range of things with which people find themselves in court. And this is something that Courtney said too, is that uh, a simple decision, a poor decision can land you in front of a judge without, before you even realize what's happening. And that's important for us to really understand uh, critical thinking and decision-making 
is a key to helping our young kids yes. Yes. determine early on the path they want to take and the path that's going to serve them and maybe help foster those good decisions. Yes, yes, yes. And and really, when they do make great decisions, we have to say they make great decisions. Absolutely. Society always tells our children their decisions aren't great, um, but they don't take the big picture, the total child into mm-hmm. account. Well, as I said earlier, I really did enjoy this interview. Thank you again, Courtney, yes, for giving you, us Courtney. some real significant insight on a game-changing role. Yes, I love this career. Um, this career could really uh, disrupt a lot of folks in this, in this system. Mm-hmm. So we appreciate you. And as always, we go deep. For the culture. Thank you all for tuning in this episode. Tune into our next episode in two weeks where we have a special edition coming up. Yes. And you guys are really going to love this young man. He has an amazing Ah, story. And we can't wait to bring it to you. But until then, see you soon. See you soon. You have been listening to Off the Top, where Black excellence dwells. If you enjoyed this episode, please comment below, share with your friends and family, and come back for the next episode, where we will continuously provide usable, tangible, life-shifting information.